We are back, or as you can see, I am back as uh, Tanner is on his way back from a, a work golf outing right now. He should be hopefully on the show here within the next 10 minutes or so. Not 100% sure what he's going to be joining me, so uh, bear with me here real quick. But I'm um, glad to be here tonight on this very hot June day. Hope every father had a fantastic Father's Day uh, yesterday with some uh, grilled meats, some uh, nice sun and a good time with family. This episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-bread tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a hand-crafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantle. Focus on freshness and quality. You can wash down their delicious food with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be boats or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Tanner has the birdie bogey for me tonight, uh, so we will wait till he is on this show uh to give it to me but uh first uh the nba draft is on um thursday night uh the nba finals just ended on i believe it was friday night i uh can honestly say i did not watch much of the uh, nba finals this year uh golden state found a way to get it done once again um i think that is now their fourth championship here in the last seven years or something like that uh, so, I mean, we all kind of have Warriors fatigue at this point. Uh, I was hoping the Celtics would give them a little bit of a uh, fight, but they didn't um, there, especially in game six. Um, uh, Celtics had every opportunity um, to win that series, and they just did not do that. Um, Jason Tatum uh, really struggled um, in the final game. Uh, final few games, actually, uh, to to the point where I've seen people on Twitter saying he's gone from a max contract guy to a guy who uh, might not even get a hundred billion, which is just absurd. Because uh, Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the NBA. Um, but yeah, in Game Six, he only shot six of eighteen from the floor, scored thirteen points. Um, he really struggled. J- Jalen Brown was fantastic for them, though. Uh, but really, the whole team struggled. Only scored ninety points um, in that game. But yeah, you you look at Jason Tatum; he's twenty three years old. I actually just turned 24 in March, uh, but averaged 27 points a game, eight rebounds over four assists, plays good defense. Um, seems like kind of guy you can build your team around. And just because he had a few bad games uh, in the NBA finals, it's kind of dumb to uh, write him off. But you know what? Uh, the Twitter trolls are going to Twitter troll. So it is what it is at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, the um, Golden State Warriors once again find a way to win the NBA championship. Uh, Steph Curry was fantastic in game six at six, three scored 34 points. Um, Andrew Wiggins was kind of the unsung hero in this um, really in this playoff run. I mean, a lot of people were kind of writing him off as well, uh, playing with some bad teams uh, in Minnesota. Um, And he really didn't turn into the superstar. Everyone thought he would be, Uh, but, but here he is on a championship team scoring 17 points a game on the season. Um, He was fantastic. Um, in the playoffs, averaged over 18 points a game in the finals, uh, shot 44% from the floor and played fantastic defense on uh, Jason Tatum. Um, and he, I mean, he's only 27. He's number one overall pick. Uh, people were kind of crowning him uh, right away as this. Uh, I, I remember even hearing like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant comps when he was coming out of high school. 
uh, played his one year at Kansas. Um, and he was really good at Kansas, obviously. And then gets number one overall pick. You know, he kind of overhyped guys. Uh, but he was, he was, I mean, he was the 2014-2015 Rookie of the Year. Um, it just didn't work out well for him in Minnesota, which you can say that about a lot of players here, uh, really since the Kevin Garnett days back in the um, early 2000s. Um, got a fresh start in Golden State. He was traded for, I believe he was traded for D'Angelo Russell. Um Back in, yeah, February of 2020, uh, D'Angelo Russell was part of that trade. Um, and it's worked out real well for Golden State uh, as they've won their fourth championship in the past seven or eight years. Um, so kudos to them. Um, one of my least favorite players in sports history is Draymond Green. And uh, I have not liked watching him win this many championships. And, you know, Celtics fans hate Draymond Green. A lot of NBA fans hate Draymond Green. But me and Tanner can say we have hated Draymond Green longer than about anyone. Um, ever since he was a freshman at Michigan State, we could not stand him. Um, and he's getting some Hall of Fame buzz. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Draymond's going to be a Hall of Famer. 8.7 points per game in his career. 6.9 rebounds per game in his career. 5.4 assists per game in his career. Good defensive guy. He is a seven-time All-Defensive team. Uh, member and so I'll give him props to that he has won a defensive player of the year four-time NBA champion he's a four-time all-star which is just ridiculous um he is he is not an all-star caliber player if he went to any other situation uh than going into Golden State which just about ready to start their run um he might not even be in the NBA anymore at this point and he was obviously really good uh Michigan State very hated um still very hated um, but, uh, yeah, it, and he's, he's made 106 million in his career as well. So he's, he's had a really good career. Uh, and of course the big 10 network's going to shove him down our throat. Um, as, as they should, one of their own has won a bunch of championships and he's been this really good player for a great team. Uh, but I'm sick of Draymond green, sick of Steph Curry. Uh, I think Steph Curry is a really good guy, but I'm just, somebody's got to step up and I, I know they haven't won in a few years. Uh, but it, it just felt like they're back. And I think they're going to have this run where they're going to win uh, multiple championships again over the next three or four years. Um, Jordan Poole has ascended into almost superstardom for him uh, out of Michigan, average over 18 points a game this year, only 23 years old, uh, first round pick back in 2019. And uh, we saw glimpses of this when he was at Michigan. Uh, he had a long buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament against Houston back in, uh, I believe that was 2019. Um, and he's, he's turned into this really good player of over 18 points a game. As I said, um, he's, he's kind of become instant offense off the bench. Only played 15 minutes in game six, but they didn't really need him. Uh, but yeah, he's, he, he's going to be their next guy to kind of take over, uh, take the reins from say a clay Thompson, uh, super athletic, good shooter. Uh, so they, they, they have some really young guys on top of the veterans like Draymond and Steph and clay Thompson that, uh, they're going to be really good for a long time again. Um, it's kind of, uh, kind of I, I, I kind of hate to see it. Uh, need some new blood in there again, uh, like the Raptors winning a few years ago. Uh, but uh, glad the NBA Finals are over. That means we can switch to the uh, NBA draft. And the NBA offseason um, as a whole is fantastic. Uh, you see deals being made right away. A um, bunch of huge trades. You'll see some max contracts. All of that, one of the rumor I read today um, here is uh, the Chicago Bulls are expected, like it's become the expectation 
around the NBA uh, for the Chicago Bulls to, rent, uh, to land Rudy Gobert from the uh, Utah Jazz, which that, that would be absolutely huge for them. Uh, he'd be an upgrade over uh, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, he would provide rebounding and defense where they really struggled down low defensively. Um, uh, Vucevic is, is a solid NBA big guy. He's, he's just not your uh, big guy you want to throw the ball down to, which Gobert's really not either. Gobert's more of an athletic rebounder, defensive type. Um, Gobert has been fantastic in his career defensively. Um, and you, you add a, you add him to a Zach Levine and, um, DeMar DeRozan and a couple of those other guys, um, Alex Caruso, um, he'd be a very good fit uh, for them because they could be the missing piece. I mean, he averaged over 14 rebounds a game this year, shot 71% from the floor. Um, he's averaged over two blocks a game in his career. He is three-time defensive player of the year. He's only 29 years old as well. He's about to turn 30 here um, in six days. A six-time all-defensive team, three-time all-star. Um, he, he'd just be absolutely huge. He's, he's led the NBA in field goal percentage three of the last four years. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of offense from him other than dunks, putbacks, all that. Uh, but uh, the one place he is fantastic at is defensively and um, and rebounding. I mean, you you look at uh, Nikola Vucevic, uh, 17.6 points per game, much more of an offensive guy. He really struggled shooting the ball, especially early in the year. Only shot 31% from the floor – or thir- 31% from three, excuse me. Uh, 47% from the floor. Not much of a defensive threat at all. Um, so, uh, if they were to land Rudy Gobert, I think, uh, I think that could propel them into the top four or five of the East. Uh, but moving on to the NBA draft, which, uh, any sort of draft is always fun, um, to watch. I mean, the NFL drafts, one of Tanner and I's favorites, um, the yeah, NBA- man. Tanner, there is Tanner 10 minutes. You, you know what? When the show started, I said, Hopefully Tanner will be here within 10 minutes. And sure enough. I had no idea you were even on the air yet. I text you the link. Appreciate you hopping on, taking things over by yourself. So I have uh, pretty much the J man. I have pretty much just talked about the NBA finals so far. And I was just getting into the NBA draft uh, this, uh, this Thursday. So, uh, all right. Yeah. I apologize to everybody. I'm exhausted. Uh, played in a golf outing over in Leesburg, Indiana today at Tippecanoe Lake Country Club. Great, great course, by the way. But uh, we were flying through in our last, I would say, five to six holes took, no joke, close to two hours. Did you keep hitting it in the water or something? No, it wasn't us. It was the group in front of us, the group in front of them. It mm-hmm. created a log jam across the whole tournament. So, but uh, it's here all we are. good. Here we are, here we are, here we are. Here we are. Good. But uh, you know what? The the J Man's got it. Yes, that's why you're the J Man. You're you're a legend. That's uh, right. <laughs> hey, I do want to say I called Warriors and Six. You did. Yeah, you, you called Warriors and Six. I was I th- I think it was just wishful thinking get a seventh game from the Celtics because I know I'm sick of the Warriors, you're sick of the Warriors, which I mean neither of us really like the Celtics either. I know. Um but uh, lose lose, but yeah. And, and I, over talked about earlier how much we've hated Draymond Green for about uh, 12 years now. Um, actually, more than that, about 14 years since he entered college. So uh, covered all that. Uh, let's see what else here. Oh, I was just getting into the NBA draft. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking at uh, Zach Harper of the Athletics um, mock draft right now. 
he thinks, uh, and this is based on everything he's hearing so far, and he put this out today, and of course it can change within the next three days or so, but he has Chet Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga going number one overall to the Orlando Magic. That's what I thought it was going to be all year long, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. It's I think I think it'll get interesting. Pick four, four on. Yeah, um, it it sounds like it's going to be a pick between Holmgren and Jabari Smith of uh, Auburn, mm-hmm. uh, which he has Jabari Smith going second to Oklahoma City. Uh, two big guys who can shoot it, uh, athletic. Uh, then he has the Rockets taking Paolo Banchero out of Duke. Um, which, I mean, the Rockets have been trash, but they have a lot of young talent there, um, and he'd probably fit right in. They probably wouldn't be good next year, but uh, he has the first I, or the first Big Ten guy taken, uh, the Sacramento Kings selecting Keegan Murray. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and he, he even writes, this is where the draft gets very tricky. I think Jade Nivey is one of the best options in the draft, so I'm going. So having him go here at four seems logical. Um, it could work, but the front office, uh, they he thinks, is leaning towards a uh, wing, forward, defensive big man. As a Purdue fan and a Jaden Ivey fan, I hope he doesn't go Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has Benedict Matherin from Arizona, who absolutely lit Illinois up this year, uh, going to the Pistons at five. And I think Ivey would be a great fit in Detroit. I, I do, too. Um he has Shaden Harp from Kentucky going to the Pacers at six. If if Ivy was available at six and the Pacers didn't take him, yeah. Oh boy, I I, I can't imagine they wouldn't. Even if it's <laughs> just to him. sell some tickets, I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, he's from he's from where's South where did he go to high school? He's he's from uh, South Bend, he, right? He went to um uh he ended up at La Lamere, but Miss uh, mm-hmm. Marion, I think, was it Marion? I think. I think so. Don't quote me on that. Um, he has a G League guy, Dyson Daniels, going seven to the Blazers. All right. I, That'd be interesting. Where is Ivy at on this thing? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of Dyson Daniels. Um, I know the Knicks, has, uh, the Knicks are really interested in Ivy, but they'd have to trade up a ways and give up a lot. He has Akbaji from Kansas going eighth to the Pelicans, a 22-year-old uh, player going in the top 10. That'd be uh, interesting. Uh, that doesn't happen too often anymore. No, 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 no. Um, and then he has uh, Ivy going ninth to the Spurs. That'd be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a pretty good point guard there in DeJounte Murray. Um, but, I mean, you had, you had an Ivy who has the makings of a Ja Morant athletically anyway. Um, I'm not sure he can play point guard like Ja can. No, um, but no. I, Ivy's a much improved shooter uh, going back from his freshman year for sure. True. Um, he 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 needs to work on defense definitely. And he uh, has mid range game. He seemed to lose yeah. confidence in it. I mean, against Illinois and Mackey, he couldn't. He took over from miss. that mid range. Yeah. But after that game, or or a couple games after that. Going forward through that season, it seemed like he just lost confidence in that he was short on everything and he could yeah, get reg- that whenever he wanted and he just chose not to. Regardless of who Brad Underwood put on Ivy, Ivy was scoring. Um, he was Trent Frazier was one of the best on ball defenders in the country and he couldn't stop him, which I mean, Ivy's significantly bigger, but still, he's done a pretty good job shutting down big players and he just couldn't stop Ivy that night. I remember. Yep. Um, but yeah, Ivy, Ivy, um, Stupid athleticism, just mm-hmm. stupid. 
Um, Quick and, first step. And if if you want to be coached by a head coach, it's going to be Pop. You're going to learn a lot from uh, Greg Popovich. I feel bad for whatever Spurs coach takes over after he's done. Yeah, um, that's going to be which, some big shoes to fill. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if his time's coming to an end here soon. I mean, they haven't been very good the past few years. Ever True. since the last of their big three uh, retired and Kawhi went to Toronto. True. Um, he's he's got to be close to 70 if he's not already 70. Um, yeah, that'd be a that'd be like losing Red Auerbach or Phil Jackson or something. Uh, so that'd be yeah, and he's been there a long time too. I don't remember the Spurs without him being the head coach. Yeah, Pop is 73. And he's been with the Spurs since 96. Yeah, we're four years old. Yep. Um, Zach Harper has the Wizards taking A.J. Griffin at 10. Um, The younger brother of one of Purdue's most hated um, opposing players, Alan Griffin. True. (laughs) Stepping on uh, Sasha Stefanovic, which, I mean, I I probably would have done the same thing, to be honest. I think a lot of opposing Uh, fans and opposing players probably would have. Uh, he has Jalen Duran going to the Knicks at uh, 11. He's a, a center out of Memphis. He's a player from New Zealand going to the Thunder. Not even going <laughs> to attempt to pronounce his name. If you can't pronounce um, it, I wouldn't even want to try. I'm just going to go through and see where the Big Ten players he has taken. So he has Johnny Davis going to the Cavs at 14. He has... Um, EJ Liddell going to the Bulls, which would be a dream scenario um, for the Bulls um, at 18. Uh, it, it sounds like there's going to be a decent amount of Big Ten players after he has Malachi Branham going to the Wolves at 19. Um, any other Big Ten guys here? He has other another South Bend native, Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame, who lit up Illinois mm-hmm. earlier in the year, um, going to the Grizzlies at 22. He has Bryson McGowan's out of Nebraska going 24th to the Bucks. Potential, man. It's all potential. It is. I I mean, I I didn't really see it with McGowan's other than his athleticism. Um, that is it as far as first rounders go. I'm gonna see who he has Big Ten wise getting taken in the second round. He has Caleb Houston going to the Magic at 35. Yes, Kofi Coburn going 36. I didn't think Kofi has a shot to get drafted, to be honest. Um, uh, you could do a lot worse in the second round. You could, but that's pretty early in the second round. Yeah. I'm, su- I'm really surprised. Uh, so I wonder if he's hearing that he could get drafted. Um, probably would split time between G League and main roster, but, um, huh. Yeah, unless he's gotten a lot better as far as shooting and athleticism goes. Um, he has... Uh, any other Big Ten guys here? Max Christie going to the Timberwolves at 50. Which I didn't really see an NBA player in him either, but that again, that's all potential. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. going to the Wizards at 54. And that is it as far as Big Ten players go. But uh, this will be the J-Man's Book It Prediction of the Week. Um, I think the Big Ten will have at least five players drafted in the first round, which will be – I don't remember the last time they've had that. Uh, but I think uh, Murray and Ivy are locks. Johnny Davis is a lock. I think E.J. Liddell at this point is a lock. 
um, as as well as um, Malachi Branham. Now, could we see a Bryce McGowan's as I mean, he's on here now um, in the first round, but I, I, I think we could see a, um, a Caleb Houston as well, getting pushed into that first round. I'm kind of surprised to not see a Diabate on this list. Cause I thought he could be a, a, a high ceiling sort of guy. Sorry. I was messing with my camera. Some technical difficulties there. Right. Did you say Trayvon Williams anywhere? Uh, Trayvon Williams was not in there. No, no. Uh, which that wouldn't be. I mean, I've seen, him kind of compared to a Zach Randolph, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting uh, comparison with his ability to pass the ball for sure. Uh, but J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for Life, Home, Auto, Business, Renters, Workers' Comp, and Farm Insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Do you have birdie bogey for me this week? I did. I was waiting. I've been uh, been waiting. I, I almost asked something stupid. I'm like, did you start with a birdie boogie question? And I was like, How would he do that <laughs> and ask himself? So I had a few good NBA ones ready to go today, but I uh, reverted to the NFL. Oh. And there's going to be no chance of it a par this week. It's oh, great. You get a birdie and take the lead, or you get a bogey and you fall behind. I'm either getting a bogey so, or a bogey. It'll be fun. What quarterback started, has has started, so he could, okay. What quarterback all-time in the NFL has started the most games as a QB versus Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? Versus those guys. Yes. Oh, that's a real so, good question. I'll, I'll give you a hint. He could be retired or he could be active. Uh-huh. One guy comes to mind. That's a good question. Uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. Get your veggies! Did you eat a vegetable uh, Friday when it was National Eat a Vegetable Day? Did I eat a vegetable? Um, you were up in Wisconsin. So did you eat any veggies? Did I eat... I ate a bunch of cheese because when in Rome, <laughs> um, there were tomatoes on big old slice of pizza. I had nope, that so, doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> I can honestly say I did not have a legitimate. I, vegetable. I, I, I didn't think what I ate for. Oh, you know what? I had a BLT, which has lettuce and All tomato right. on it. So, All right. There you go. You know. Well, you did better than me. I don't think I had any. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what, what was Friday? What? Chicken oh. nuggets are not a vegetable. No, I went to the Lee Bryce concert. I had a hot dog. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't count. There there might so. be some vegetables in there we don't know about. And oh, that night at so. Taco Bell. Oh, wait. I had lettuce on my tacos. Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. There you counting go. It. I'm counting it. Even though it's technically <laughs> by that time it was Saturday morning. But nonetheless. You know what? I'll I'll give it to you. All right. All right. Well, uh, while we're also, you were talking about Big Ten a little bit. Did you see the Big Ten came out with uh, home and away schedules opponents? That's that's always interesting. I mean, you know, it's something to talk about come June every year. But really, when it comes down to it, a lot of times the Big Ten race is decided because of those factors. Right. And um, I saw. So according to this Barton, I forget his name, uh, Votic or something like that. On uh, on uh, Twitter, he has like all these metrics and everything that ranks every team. Uh, it's almost exactly like Ken Palm, but it's actually been more accurate here the past few years. And of the teams he has finishing one and two this year, 
he has Indiana finishing one, uh, which is which sucks. And then he has Illinois finishing two, which would be awesome for me. Um, Illinois schedule, especially Big Ten wise, is significantly easier. Um, they, I got to go bring it up here real quick because I know they're the teams they play only once are like the Michigan State, Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, least we get you guys a couple at other teams. If I'm, I can, if we I can only Michigan. get you one, I'm glad we get you at Mackey. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wow, I just saw it too, and I can't find it now. I I, um, I know Purdue. I know Purdue's one 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 opponents are they. Um, uh, they don't host Northwestern. They don't host Wisconsin or Michigan. That kind of stinks. But they uh, don't have to go to Illinois, Iowa, or Rutgers. I'm glad they don't have to go to the rack or Jersey Mike's, I guess they call them. Yeah, Illinois does not have to go there as well. Um, That's a blessing. The teams they play only once, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Rutgers at home. And then Iowa, Maryland, and Purdue on the road. They get Minnesota, Nebraska, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State twice. Um, You actually play Indiana twice. Which like you guys never play Indiana twice. Um, where'd they play them last? At Indiana, you guys went out and whooped them. Yeah, and then lost in the Big Ten tournament. Lost in the Big Ten tournament. Um. The year before, they played them twice and swept them. But, yeah, it, it like does seem like they, they don't play twice. Yeah, they only play once, which, yeah, I'm glad they're playing twice. Um, two chances to knock them off. Uh, but get, getting to play the teams that will be predicted to finish in the bottom four in Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State twice, um, as well as Wisconsin, which, again, last year at this time we were thinking Wisconsin's going to be terrible then Johnny Davis had this huge breakout year right. and they weren't. Um, it's so hard could to that happen again. It's, it I is. Mean, every year it is in June, but especially this year when you have the transfer portal and the grad mm-hmm. transfers, and everything. I mean, heck, Illinois, I think they're going to be good, but I've never, I don't even right. know who the best returning guy to wear an Illinois jersey is off the top of my yeah. head. And, and that's the thing. I mean, all, all these metrics have them being pretty good, but who knows how they're going to play well together? Right. The chemistry. You're, you're, you're going to have a freshman starting at point guard. Um, you're going to have two transfers from big 12 schools that were really good, but again, new system, all of that. They're expecting a huge breakout from Coleman Hawkins, but what if it doesn't happen? Is Same he returning our, then? Cause yes, I knew he was yes, kind of like waiting to see what deal yeah. he was going Yeah, he's, he's back. Okay. Um, they're expecting a huge breakout from RJ Melendez as well. Uh, but what again, what if that doesn't happen? So there's so much up in the air that it's great. You know, they're projected to finish in the top four again in the Big Ten, but we just don't know until – and I think they're going to struggle in the first two months of the year, kind of like they did last year, mm-hmm. and they could be a much better team towards February. But, again, there's there's so much we don't know about a lot of these teams. They're, I mean, right. they're, Indiana has a lot of players returning. We know sure. pretty much what to expect from them. Uh, but Purdue lost a lot. Illinois lost a lot. Ohio State lost a lot. Michigan State lost um, some pieces. Michigan State lost some guys. Michigan lost a Wisconsin, lot. Wisconsin, Wisconsin lost it. So uh, it's going to be like this every year. Rutgers lost some pieces. Um, Rutgers lost a ton. Uh, the thing we can kind of predict is head coaches. Um, you know which teams are probably going to be pretty good based on their head coaches. And I think right. uh, Matt, Matt Painter is always going to have a good team. Tom Izzo will as well. I think uh, Brad Underwood is starting to get that reputation that regardless of what kind of team he has, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, Chris Holtman as well. 
Uh, but I mean, it's, it's so far away that it's tough right. to really predict. And I think I read they're going to come out with the Big Ten ACC challenge matchups in the next week or two. Oh, really? That'd be a little early. It seems like that's August usually. Yeah, for I I read it on Twitter somewhere. Nice if they could do it early. I mean, spoiler alert, Indiana's going to get Carolina at home. That's a spoiler. Well, it, there's rumors that Indiana's going to go to Duke. Oh. And that Illinois they'd go, is going to go on the road two years in a row. Yeah, and that Illinois is going to get Carolina at home. That's that's the thing. rumor right now, so who knows? I bet Purdue gets like Pitt again or something. Um. <laughs> it, it won't be anything uh, attractive. It's uh, so- fine. Somebody said that the rumor is Illinois is going to get either North Carolina or Miami. That's quite that's quite the difference in uh, talent level there, which I think Miami probably be pretty good next year. But you know, uh, honestly, I I do like the part of the cro- of not having a crossroads that I like is now Purdue and Notre Dame can play in the AC Big Ten yeah. Challenge and play each other at their venues. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. When's the last time uh, Purdue's hosted Notre Dame at Mackey? Uh, it's not in my lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've only done it once. Wow. I, I went up there for the NIT game up at Notre Dame in 03, but that's the last time either of them hmm. played on each other's campus. Yeah, it's just been at Banker's Life ever since the crossroads started. So. Hmm. But uh, it's always fun to talk Big Ten hoops and, and football whenever we can on the show because that's one of the main topics we cover. Yeah, we we, we love our Big Ten hoops, especially we me. <laughs> we do. But, uh... What do you want to talk about next? Um, you want to get educated here real quick? I have it yes. up unless you want to do it. I haven't looked at it yet. I'll take it. I'll take it. You, okay. you got the word association good. segment at some point today. So I do actually I'll the NBA. Actually, let's do word association first because All this right. is based off the NBA here. Let's do it. I have biggest draft busts over the Ooh. past however many years. Not I, I gave guys in the last three or four drafts the benefit of the doubt because we don't really know yet. Right. Because I remember at one time I was going to call Dwight Howard a draft bust. Yeah. He busted out and became a really good player. Um, Starting with Mo Bamba. (laughs) Just the solid man. Mm -hmm. The solid just comes Mm -hmm. with – I can't sing. It's not appropriate (laughs) to sing on TV right now. But uh, I just have the tune going in my head right now. So, yeah. Uh, Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith. What a common name. Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith Um, Jr. too. I couldn't – Louisville? Is he a Louisville guy or no? NC State. Hmm. I had the ACC part right. That's right. NC State. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the so Illinois beat them in the Big Ten ACC Challenge one year. John Gross was the head coach, and Gross was really good about shutting other teams' best players down. They shut Dennis Smith down. Problem was everyone else went off, and Illinois found a way to win. Uh, but then this next guy is also a guy that they found a way to shut down, but is the other. The um, his other teammates went off, and that is Chris Dunn uh, out of Providence. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a good pro. I really mm. did. Uh, score in college, Providence. That's a team in the last decade. A lot of people, unless you're a diehard college basketball fan, you don't realize they get scores. Yeah, um, they just got a heck of a commitment uh, yesterday from a. I think he's a junior in the state of Indiana, top 100 kid. Mm. Um, so they just find ways to get score, scores. Ed Cooley does a good job out there, and yeah, Dunn was uh, he could he could fill it up. What's um what's John Rothstein's phrase for uh, Ed Cooley? Mm. I I, for, I forget. Should be what like it cooler is. than the other side of the pillow, but I don't think yeah. it's that one. Yeah. Um. Well, Should I'll have know. to go look that one up. But uh, 
Yeah, Ed, Providence has been super consistent here, too, the past few years, getting into the tournament. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ed Cooley does a good job. Um, let's see here. The next one I have is Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor, yeah. Duke, just a big old bust. A lot of Ed Cooley, the American dream. Ed Cooley, uh, the American dream. I just looked it up as well. That's crap. Dusty Rhodes is the American dream. Um, anyways, uh, Okafor, yeah. Duke, I mean, Duke, don't get me wrong. They get a lot of good pros, but they get a lot of busts too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, uh, what was he three years in the league and out? I think he's still hanging around. Actually, he's still hanging around? But he's not, he's not even starting. He's like a 10th, 11th man. Yeah. Um, he was kind of the last breed of old school big guys that were drafted early. Um, right. Where he didn't shoot outside of 10 feet, none of that. Uh, and, you know, that's not going well for him either. Nope. Um, Noah Vonley. <laughs> Talk about a guy that they just, they just took off potential, one and done. Mm-hmm. Indiana, Indiana team that didn't even make the tournament. Um, I mean, you know, at least Zeller's had a decent NBA career. I mean, he's hung around and he was really good in college. Um, yeah, Noah Vaughn. I didn't think he was going to be that great of a pro, really. No, I mean, he didn't put up huge numbers at Indiana. I think he was 12 and nine or something like that a game. Um, he's 6'10, could shoot the three ball a little bit, but yeah, never, never really gave me like, He's going to be a star in the NBA. Trey Jackson Davis. I mean, he doesn't give me that vibe. No. Um, he can't shoot. Can't shoot. Yeah. Good college player. but uh, Anthony Bennett. Oh, yeah. He's one of the biggest busts in the history of the Never, NBA. Yeah. What a bad pick by the Cavaliers. Just... I remember when they picked him. I go, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. If I, when he was drafted, it was like, what are they doing? And it uh, turned out to be terrible. So, yep. Uh, Thomas Robinson. Thomas Robinson, Kansas, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, he he hurt Purdue in a 2012 NCAA tournament. He and the uh, Morris twins both. Um, I think I think if I got those, it, I might have mixed. I know the Morris twins were on that team. I think Robinson was on that team too. Um, um was he a king? I think Thomas. Yes, he, my, he was a king. I think my ears mixed up know. a little bit. I, I don't know if you are. I, I might. So. Um, all those guys kind of blend together. But, uh, yeah, Kings, they just don't They don't yeah, have I good production from guys. He was like fourth overall pick, too, and he just didn't do a whole lot. Um, Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be a good pro. Um, I mean, unbelievable to watch in college. His mm. range was literally when he walked into Jim Doors. Um, fun player, but killing it over in China. He puts killing on like 80 a game. Yeah. But I didn't think he'd be a great pro. Ekpe Udo. Ekpe Udo. Defense a monster. Yeah. Um, started at Illinois, right? And ended up at Baylor? Or was it vice versa? Michigan. Michigan. Start, Michigan started at Michigan right. ended up, ended up at Baylor. Baylor. Um, I remember Purdue was recruiting him pretty hard and didn't get him. But uh, shot blocking machine. Mm-hmm. Hashim the beat. I saw him play in person, uh, UConn against Notre Dame one year back. I think when UConn made the final four in Detroit in 09. Um, yeah, that was a whiff by the Grizzlies, number two overall. Wow. Yeah. They they took him off a height. That was yeah, literally pretty it. much. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, shot blocker. Stand but, at the uh, basket. Yeah. Uh, Joe Alexander. Joe Alexander. Good college player, good athlete. 
Great athlete, yeah. It's kind of was too much of a blend in the NBA. Yeah, I like it. I remember that they were calling him like the white Kobe Bryant back in the day because he he's just had some hops. Um, Joe Hogs out of West Virginia, I believe. Yep. Um, Ejian Leon. Who? Ejian Leon. You I don't know that. No, I don't at all. <laughs> he was, I think, he was sixth overall by the Nets, and they they thought he'd be the next Yao Ming, and he just wasn't. So he's a foreign <laughs> he's, player. Yeah. At, okay. at, at, out of China. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, remember like him at all. 2007, I think. Oh, my. And yeah, they, they thought he was going to be the next Yao. I'm sure he probably <laughs> wasn't even good on 2K either. No, I'm sure he was terrible. Yao um, Ming was so good. People don't under, yeah, people understand don't how good he was. It. Yeah. He was a he was a legend if he could have just stayed healthy. Adam Morrison. Oh, one of my dad's favorite all-time college players. Was awesome at Gonzaga. Taking number three overall by the Charlotte Bobcats and just... You know, I remember the yeah, him or Redick, who was going to have the better NBA career, mm-hmm. and everybody thought Morrison. JJ had a pretty darn respectable NBA career, and yeah. Adam Morrison fizzled out so fast. But uh, well, great college player to watch. Uh, that was heartbreaking when he lost to UCLA. But just never, never fit in the pros. One of my least favorite humans on the planet, Sean May. Knew that was coming right when you started that <laughs> sentence. Another one the Keens drafted, and he just can't do anything. Uh, couldn't throw his elbows around like he could in college, and like he did in the 05 natural title mm-hmm. game. Didn't but, didn't get the whistles he got that game either. <laughs> uh, but uh, Bloomington's finest, Sean May, the one that got away right under from Indiana's nose. Yeah. Daddy uh, played there and didn't want to stay in town. Last one here, Sebastian Telfair. Oh, man. It was Sports Illustrated cover was the next mm-hmm. big thing. Really good documentary on him. Uh, yes, really good. Take, I remember him as a Blazer. I don't know if that's who drafted him, but I remember he was on the Blazers at one time. I don't remember who drafted him. And uh, was he, he just um, didn't live up to the hype. Who was his? Lincoln High cu- School. Was it cousin or brother? Stephon Marbury, Stephon, right? Stephon Marbury, cousin? yeah. Yeah, Starberry. Was it cousin? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so uh, that's a good list. Man, for, that, uh, that takes me back. It takes me back yeah. to my 2K <laughs> days and my trading card days and all sorts of things. Um, but that is the Word Association segment, which is brought to you by Performer Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they have over 50 years combined experience of promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. We'll talk some baseball here real Let quick. Let me get you educated real quick. Okay, that works. Um, then we'll talk some Stanley Cup real quick, then some baseball. How about that? So we, that oh, and we got U.S. Open to cover too. Right, we got a lot to cover here in the last twenty minutes. But uh, on this day in sports history, June twentieth, let's see what we got going on here. Um, um who won the British Open on this day in nineteen thirty? Nineteen thirty, Sam Snead. Good guess. Bobby Jones won his third open uh, title. My second guess. He is my second one. Yeah. Uh, on this day in 1936, Jesse Owens of the U.S. set a 100-meter record at 10.2 seconds. That's pretty fast. Did he do Did he do that in front of Adolf Hitler? Uh, it just says on this day in 1936. Because there, there was one where he won a gold in front right. of Adolf Hitler. Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, in the Olympics. That wasn't an Olympics one. 
on this day in 1950, this guy's climbing up the Tan and J Man show on this day list up there with Ted Williams. Joe DiMaggio got his 2000th yeah. career hit as the Yankees beat the Indians 8 to 2. Let's see. On this day in 1956 at Detroit's Briggs Stadium, Mickey Mantle hit two Billy Hoft pitches into right center field bleachers. No one else hit one there. The whole time wow. in the stadium, he hit two. Huh. Some of Mickey's, man, some of his stories are like things of legends. Yeah, they said he hit like a 630-foot yeah. homer. Like, I don't know. On this day in 1966, who won the U.S. Open? 1966, I'm going to go with old Jack Nicklaus. Billy Casper erased a seven-stroke deficit in the final nine holes to tie Man. Arnold Palmer, then won the Monday 18-hole playoff by four strokes. Whew. On this day, 1970, Orioles' Brooks Robinson got his 2000th career hit, a three-run home run. The greatest third baseman ever. On this day, 1973, San Francisco Giants' Bobby Bond set an NL record with 22 leadoff home runs. His son was pretty good. <laughs> Not too bad. Um, let's see here. Who won the U.S. Open on this day, 1982? I'm going to go with Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas was runner-up as Tom <sighs> Watson beat him by two strokes to win his only U.S. Open title. On this day, 1982, Pete Rose became the fifth player to ever appear in 3,000 games. Hmm. He uh, joined Ty Cobb, Stan Musial, Hank Aaron, and Yaz. Um, on this day in 1986, Jim Fregosi, I believe is how you pronounce his name, replaced Tony LaRusso as White Sox manager. Somebody needs to replace him today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of U.S. Open stuff. Um, on this day in 1993, the NBA Finals, Chicago Bulls become the first team since the legendary Boston Celtics of the 1960s to win three consecutive titles with a 99-98 victory in Game 6 over the Phoenix Suns. Michael Jordan was named Finals MVP for the third straight year. Jordan was pretty good. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Not on too this, shabby. On this day in 1994, who won the U.S. Open? 94. I am going to go with, man, I don't even know who was golfing back then. Gary Player. I don't know. He's probably too Good old. Yes. How about a young Ernie Els? Uh. One on the second sudden death hole to defeat Lauren Roberts after Colin Montgomery was eliminated in an 18-hole playoff. So those guys went 18 holes. Two of them were still tied. Had to go to sudden, sudden death. Huh. And then Ernie won on the second one. On this day, 1999, who won the U.S. Open? And Tiger Woods. Good guess. Payne Stewart won his mm. second Open title by a stroke over Phil Mickelson. That was one of the first golf tournaments I ever remember watching the ending of. Oh. On this day, 2006, who won the NBA Finals? 2006. Um, San Antonio Spurs? Miami Heat over the ah, Dallas Mavericks, gosh, 95-92 in game six for its first title in franchise history. MVP was Dwayne Wade. Who won the NBA Finals on this day in 2013? 13's got to be uh, Miami, right? Miami Heat beat the San Antonio Spurs, 95-88 in game seven for back-to-back -back titles. LeBron was the MVP for a second straight year. 2017 on this day, Tiger Woods checked into a clinic to manage his pain medication and sleep disorder following his arrest for driving under the influence. I remember one of the very, well, 
it was probably episode, I don't know, 40 or 50 something of the Tan and J-Man show. We were talking about that on our, one of our episodes and how we thought Tiger was done. Finished, yeah. career over. I remember our cover photo was his mugshot. And it was not <laughs> a good mugshot. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. On this day in 2019, who became the number one pick in the NBA draft? 19? Yes. 2019. I have no idea. Zion Williamson. Oh, well, he's barely Pelicans. played since. Yeah. And on this day last year, who won the U.S. Open last year? I couldn't tell you. John Rahm beat John Lou Ustazen by one stroke, become the first Spaniard to win the event. John Rahm. And he was in it until yesterday, and he mm-hmm. kind of fell apart. So, But that will do it for the On This Day segment, which is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs that fit your needs. From science to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. To see some of their recently completed projects, visit at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and Facebook. And for orders, contact them directly at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. All right, let's talk U.S. Open real quick. I'm guessing you didn't watch much of any at all. I, uh, I didn't even watch a ton this week and here and there. But I did catch the, uh, I mean, very ending yesterday. Um, when I got to Fort Wayne, I saw... Matthew Fitzpatrick or Matt Fitzpatrick, he goes by now, get a heck of a bunker, got or get hit a heck of a bunker, a fairway bunker shot in the 18th hole, end up two putting to get a heck of a par. Left Will Zalatoris with about a 12 to 15 footer, I would say, for birdie. If, if Will made it, it was going into an 18 hole playoff today. Will missed it by about an inch. Yeah, it was looking it was good, looking close. good, looking good. Turn left. So Matt Fitzpatrick wins his first major of his career, first win over in the U.S. Zalatoris runner up yet again. That's now three runner ups he has in the majors. He's got to get one. He's knocking on that door. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets the open next month. I never even really heard of him, and then he's been finishing top five here in the majors the past however many. He was a rookie uh, last like- year. And I uh, got uh, tied for second, right? Solo second at, at Augusta. And then, you know, he was right there, lost in the 3 0 playoff to Justin Thomas for the PGA. And then right there again, the U.S. Open. He was there. Scotty Scheffler finished 500, just be- just a, a stroke back um, or two strokes back. It looked like he was maybe going to win it. He would have won a Masters in the U.S. Open the same year. That doesn't happen very often. He w- With that win, he would have won more prize money in a single season than anybody in PGA Tour history. Wow. Um, Rory, up and down week for him. He was right there. Couldn't get it going. He had yesterday. a bad Saturday, didn't he? Bad Saturday, yeah. Couldn't get it going yesterday. Colin Morikawa had a really bad Saturday. Hideki Matsuyama, great Sunday, finished three under. I thought he might win it. He won last year's Masters. Uh, sometimes it's good to get done, put in a good number in the clubhouse, and just sit and watch the carnage. Yeah. And I think that's what Absolutely. he was hoping for. But uh, heck of a final four to five hole finish for the U.S. Open. Pretty darn good. Well, the country club was a cool venue. Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Amateur back there, um, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 years ago. So pretty fitting for him to win that and then win the U.S. Open at the same course. Um, so yeah. But, uh, you know, golf, golf's in a good spot as far as tons of good players, but they still just don't have that superstar mm-hmm. without without Tiger out there. Phil missing a cut. Phil played terrible. Uh, but the PGA Tour didn't get their nightmare scenario. None of the live guy tour, the live golf 
guys were in contention come Sunday. You know that was their yeah. their nightmare. If yeah. it would have been Phil, Dustin, Patrick, Bryson. Um, but there's rumors that more names are coming. So yep. we're going to have to see in the next few weeks um, who might who, be joining that tour. Who did I see? Aunt Adam Answer? Is that his name? Abraham Answer. A- Abraham and then Answer. Joaquin Neenum, Neiman and uh, and Patrick Cantlay are two rumored mm-hmm. ones, which if Cantlay goes, that's another hit against the U.S. president and Ryder Cup teams. Yeah. Uh, one thing to live golf's got to figure out, and they're trying to apply for it, is the official World Golf World Rankings. Because without getting points for those, the guys that play on the live golf, they can still play in the majors, but they're not going to qualify for them. Because mm. a lot of them take take you based on, unless you've, you're a past champion, they take you based on your world ranking. Wow! And so if they can't get a world ranking, then that kind of takes them out of those. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see how this all unfolds. But uh, another good major, three of them down, one to go next month. The Open over at St Andrews, one of the most legendary courses in the world, and, and Tiger said he's got to give it a go. Mm. Well, we'll see how that goes. He, he didn't this. He didn't this week. And and did you see that photo of him that went viral on Instagram and Twitter? I don't think I did. He's standing next to somebody. I don't know who with shorts on, and you can. It's the first time you can see the scarring and the damage mm-hmm. on his right leg, and it's like no wonder why that what that guy limps his way around a golf course. Yeah. Oh man, he's, man. he's very lucky he didn't lose it. For he's one. very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. Uh, other big sporting event going on: Stanley Cup Finals. My Colorado Avalanche are up two games to zero. Game three starts here in forty minutes. The series goes back to Tampa. Uh, the Avalanche just smoked them Saturday night, 7-0. <laughs> it was just a whooping. Uh, they escaped game one with a 4-3 to win in overtime. They were up 3-1 after the first, but Tampa Bay tied it 3-0 after the second intermission. Got through the third period, uh, still threes, and got into overtime, and the Avs got it done. But uh, it was a bloodbath on Saturday night, and hopefully they can uh, – I don't think they'll sweep them, so I think Tampa gets – at least one here of the two games in Tampa. If the Avalanche can get one of two, that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, they haven't won since when? 01? 01. They're two for two in their history. They swept the Panthers in 96 and beat the Devils, I believe, in six games in 01. So, uh, yeah. And the Lightning are back to back Stanley Cup champs. So, yeah, that's right. And, and you yeah. know, uh, the Avalanche star tradition back in 2019, they're, they're fancying all the small things by Blink-182. It's really become a hit this year in the playoffs. And I think we need more fans singing in unison in sports. Mm-hmm. That's Those are pretty cool moments. Yeah, I mean, you have um, Sweet Caroline in Boston. You have uh, Seventh Inning Strats in Chicago. And even Go Cubs Go at the Cubs. Uh, who else? What other... Uh... Bear Chicago, down, Bear, Chicago Bear down, Bears, Chicago Bears, um, Fly Eagles Fly. Yeah, Fly Eagles Fly. Um, um, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> that's a bad one. Yeah, that's a terrible um, one. Uh, yeah, but it just it's just cool, especially when the action's going on and they're mm-hmm. still singing. That's, that is cool. That's pretty cool to, cool to watch cool. in here. So, so go Avs. Um, go get game three tonight. Maybe by this time next week, maybe I'll talk about the Avs hoisting the cup. Yeah. Uh, switching to a much worse team here. <laughs> <laughs> the Chicago Cubs are 59 and 103 over their last 162 games. It's not very good, Jay, man. Uh, they were 61 and 101 in that terrible um, 2012 season. So this has been worse. Uh, first baseman Frank Schwindel pitched more last week than the Cubs closer did. Frank Twice. A. 
Um, Cubs were outscored 90 to 30 over their 10 game losing streak. Uh, they are the first team to allow 18, 18 runs in three games or more in a season since the 08 Rangers. It is only June 20th. And they've <laughs> already done that. Um, Cubs had a run differential of minus 26 in their four game series against the San Diego Padres where they were swept. They had a run differential of minus 23 against the New York Yankees over the weekend. It is the first time the Cubs have had at least a minus 20 run differential in back-to-back series since 1879. Um, It is a franchise record minus 49 run differential um, across back-to-back series. Uh, Pitching's terrible. Offense is terrible. But you know what? The one thing you can predict about baseball is that it's going to be unpredictable. And so that brings me to this Cubs coming in on a two on a 10 game losing streak. The Braves coming in on a 14 game win streak. It's the first time two teams have played where one was on a double digit losing streak and the other on a double digit winning streak uh, since 1998. And the Cubs found a way to (laughs) beat the Braves two games out of three, uh, which was a bigger shock than I think anything that's ever happened in my lifetime. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Cubs actually played well over the weekend, uh, but they were just shellacked by the San Diego Padres. It was the most embarrassing thing. It, it, it used to be kind of funny to watch a position player pitch and blow Now it's just embarrassing because yeah. they're doing it at least once a week <laughs> at this point. Um, this is a trash <laughs> roster. They call up one of their top outfield prospects today, Nelson Velasquez, not even starting. Jason Hayward starting over him, and they said – that um, Nelson Velasquez, I have no idea. No idea. I mean, it's just stupid. It makes zero sense. Jed Hoyer doesn't have a plan. He needs to release Jason Hayward for one or fire David Ross. We can't play him anymore uh, for two. Um, And Ross said Nelson Velasquez will play against left-handed hitters and he'll pinch it. Won't even play against right-handed, right-handed pitchers. So do you, and I know we've talked about this before, but do you you think, maybe not this year, but do you think Ross is going to be in trouble soon? Um, I mean, he was dealt a pretty terrible. He was pretty terrible hand, but the fact that he continues to play Jason Hayward in right field (laughs) where he has been the literally the worst hitter in baseball over the past two seasons, uh, doesn't play good defense anymore. Um, he's a sunk cost. And for whatever reason, they just keep holding on to him. I don't understand it. There's no rhyme or reason for it. They let Clint Frazier go, although he did accept the minor league assignment in Iowa. Uh, so he's sticking around at the very least. Um, He's 33 years old. He'll be 33 in August, Hayward will. And you're going to let him take at bats over some of these young guys you could really learn a lot about. Hayward's not going to be there. I'm, I'm getting pissed off talking about it, if, if you can't tell. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it's it it's maddening. There is zero rhyme or reason why Jason Hayward's on the roster, for one, and two, why he's even playing. Um, I don't know if Ross just feels like he can't bench him because they were teammates. Um, I know Hayward's a fantastic locker room guy, uh, just good guy overall, uh, but he is an absolute detriment to this roster. You're not learning anything from him. He's he's not going to be on the roster when they're good again, uh, if they're ever good again. I said this That's two weeks in a row. You said that. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then you, you look at a guy like Chris Morrell, who has a 1.1 uh, wins above replacement so far this year. Um, French Wendell, Alfonso Rivas, Nick Madrigal, Jason Hayward, Anderson Simmons and Jonathan Villar combined for a minus two war. They have been two 
wins below replacement level players this year. Um, and these guys are playing over a Nelson Velasquez. I'm glad Morel's still hanging around. Um, a few other things of note. Um, Ian Happ has been fantastic this month. He's hitting over 380 on uh, 18 games. Uh, Wilson Contreras continues to be fantastic. He'll only be there another month or so um, inexplicably. He's just one of six players with an on-base percentage over 400 this year in baseball. He's been literally one of the best hitters in baseball, and they're going to trade him for pennies on the dollar. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, I can't say anything more about Hayward or I'm going to cuss on live TV, so I better not do that. <laughs> Don't break our streak. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere around baseball, Mike Trout, pretty good player there of the angels is the first player in MLB history to hit four game winning homers in a single season. A uh, Homer that puts his team ahead and they stay ahead. Uh, first player ever. Uh, so he's pretty good. I see um, he's now hit. The second most home runs all time against the Mariners. Can you name me who's number one? <laughs> all time against. Um, trying to think who's been in the AL West for a long time. Who is in the AL West? Angels, A's, um, Mariners, Astros are now, but they weren't Rangers. Um, all time. I'm going to go like Tim Salmon or something. Good guess. This guy did not do steroids, period. Rafael Palmero. Oh, Palmero. Oh, yeah, he was a Ranger, Ranger forever. For a while. Stupid. Him and Juan Gon and Pudge. Yeah, and I, 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 I almost said Juan Gonzalez. Tim Salmon, good pull there. Yeah, but uh, elsewhere around baseball, we got only a minute left here. So Yankees are still tearing up 11 games up. up. They're still 11 killing. games up on the Blue Jays. They're hitting the ball so well right now. Uh, and White Sox well, are still too. struggling. Um, Dodgers and Padres and Giants are right there. Brewers, Cardinals are tied. Mets are still playing well. Braves are still Braves, hanging yeah. around. But uh, yeah, we got uh, we got a lot more uh, trade deadline talk here over the next uh, couple weeks. Yep, it's coming. Um, so, Birdie Bogey, what quarterback has the most games played against Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? Oh. Somebody who's been around a while. Um, I assume AFC. It could be. Yeah, I assume it'd be AFC. Um, ben Roethlisberger. Great guess. No. If is it Philip Rivers? Another great guess. No. My dad gave this to Sean Shriver and I. Sean guessed Ben. I guessed Philip. We were both wrong. Oh, I have no idea. Then I guessed Joe Flacco. That was wrong. Yeah, I was Ryan Fitzpatrick with 15. Mm, Fitz Magic. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't even thought about him, I but I mean, he was I around know. forever. A bunch of different teams. Just too. retired. Man. Yeah. Fitz Magic. Well, once again, uh, you're up to picking, six over par now, J Man. Picking up a uh, picking up a bogey here. Terrible. Well, wrap us up for episode 292. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Line. We will be back at it next Monday with another episode. Stay cool out there, everybody. Have a fantastic week.